Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 111. I'm Vivek Gulbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. We're watching all the horror movies currently available for streaming on the internet. So you don't have to. This week we're talking about the 2020 horror film, Bit, which comes to us from Amazon Prime. This film was written and directed by Brad Michael Elmore, and is a teen vampire movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, it's, that's yeah, it's what it is. That feels like it's such a late broad teen. Genre. It's not high school. No, but that feels like such a broad genre. Like, there's romances, there's dramas, there's comedies. This is a drama. A drama, yeah, horror drama. It's not a ro- it's not a romance, and it's not a comedy. It's sort of a coming of age in like a coming into adulthood kind of yeah way. Not like a becoming a teenager and having a first crush kind of coming of age. No, like no, no. A, Again, because it's, it's late teens. It's like... Like the hero sets out on their own. But it's not own. college either. It is very much like that transition from child to adult. Yeah. Again, I feel like, I mean, it's the hero's journey, right? It's they go yeah, yeah, yeah. they do their thing. For sure. This is about a, a woman who goes out and does her thing. A woman. <laughs> I would call her a girl. She's she's a she, she, I mean, she's very immature. So she does come across quite childish. She is 18. Yes. Her name is Laurel. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get into the plot already? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you didn't, you didn't ask me the question. Yeah. Because um, you're done asking me that question because I have the same answer every a time. A little bit. Last time, last well, episode. Well, maybe I have a different answer this time. Liz, would you recommend that our listeners... Probably not. Oh, probably wow. not. <laughs> the problem is, like, it isn't even that it's really bad. It's just that, like, it's really boring. It's quite for for what the plot is and for what this movie could be. It's insanely boring. And normally I'm very much of the like, yeah, what who cares? Fucking cares? Waste your time. Who gives a shit? I genuinely feel like this would be a waste of of one's time. So maybe don't. There you have it, folks. For everybody, i.e., me, who wanted Liz <laughs> to say something other than yeah, why not? Sure. She who probably cares? has a different answer. I also would not recommend this with the caveat that. Well, it's complex. On, on one hand, this is not really my kind of movie. On the other, it's so up our alley that it, it should, should be a slam dunk. That's actually, I think, why I feel so anti. Because, like, it should be good. And it's, again, insanely boring. Uh, and a, a huge letdown. Which I think, when we come into these movies, like, there's so much expectation for them to be, like, boring and bad. That when they are, I'm like, well, yeah, so who cares? It was fine. Going into this and being like, I really hope this is a, a new favorite, and then it not being that is really disappointing. Right, which isn't entirely fair to, you know, the expectations coming into this. But at well, the same time... No, but the way you can tell by the way that it is... You can tell by the way that the movie conducts itself that it's trying to be your new favorite. And it's really trying to appeal to a moment in time and a kind of person, which I am. Yeah. And so it did, in fact, fail with me, its target audience. For better and for worse, this movie is trying very hard. Yes. Um, in some aspects, that's endearing. In some aspects, I think it's what holds it back. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't even talked about the identity of politics here. No. Do you want to? Or like yeah, the I movie, mean, do you just want to like, well, ignore this it? Is the pro- <laughs> the, this is the problem is that if we don't talk about it now, we're never going to talk about it because yeah. it's not in the plot. But this is billed as a like transgender teen girl goes to L.A., uh, and f- uh, finds a fold of lesbian vampires. Yeah. And there's just no words for how much that should be my shit. Like, yeah. it should be everything to me. And it could be, a movie could be that and be like, 
dumb and campy and stupid and silly and I would still love it because of all of those things, um, what that movie shouldn't be is boring and yeah. lifeless and soulless and... Um, you know, I saw someone, a, a review on Letterboxd referred to it as skin deep, which is exactly what it is. Just yeah. like, just nothing, a nothing film. And I think that's the most insulting thing a movie like this can be is nothing. Brian Michael Elmore did a lot of research. Um, he is not trans, uh, and wanted to... Is he gay? I don't know. I didn't see talking about that. Because I will say, I don't want, I don't want to ident- identity politics it too much, but a man making this movie is sus... And so well, I'm a little, I, I was concerned about it. If he has like, if he's part of this world in some way, I, I don't want to be like, write him off immediately just for being a man. But like, it's a, it's an interesting choice to want to make this movie, in my opinion. Well, let me talk about that. Okay, go ahead. He, I, I don't know if he's gay. Uh, he set out wanting to make a trans teen vampire movie. He wanted to, like, that was what he had in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a lot of research, he says, and had it vetted by people in his life. And the thing that I would say about this movie is that it feels like he did a lot of research and yes. had it vetted because, because it's, it's so, so, it's so safe. yeah, it's 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 completely toothless. I mean, ironically, yeah. about vampires, it does seem like it was um, sensitivity read to the point of saying absolutely nothing, which is important in the regard that it's not offensive. Yeah, sure, sure, it does deserve a gold star for that. Yes. Um, at least it isn't offensive to us. Um, True. It just forgot to be entertaining as well. <laughs> yes. Which is like, it, it sucks because I think that like, it's not a bad thing to be like, there's there's room for a, whatever I saw in the interview, like a, a sexy queer like romp for yes. everyone. I like, and understand that like there's, oh, there's something in the market here that like, mm-hmm. this should be filled by a filmmaker. That's not a bad thing. This just wasn't it, Chief. What I think it's that it's hard to do. We can get into this also. We haven't even gotten into the plot yet. This is really just like, you know. I tried. <laughs> uh, is that it's what this movie could have been if it's not going to be um, a barrier breaking. If it's not, if it's not going to be like offensive and therefore challenging. If you just want to have it be that like uh, this girl's transness is never questioned, which is like, I, I agree with you. Not a bad thing. It's yeah. wonderful to be able to watch a movie and not feel like your identity is going to be questioned when you're watching it. But in when, when movies and TV do that, what I expect instead is to like love the characters, you know, like I love watching a TV show where I'm like, Oh, amazing. Homophobia doesn't exist. But like in doing that, they make the characters like love and care for each other. And then I can, I can feel part of the family. And this just had none of that either. It was just like, again, it was just nothing. Yeah. And I think that the inherent problem here with making this a vampire movie is like making vampires explicitly queer in a 2020s way is less interesting because, uh, homosexual readings and homoerotic readings of vampires of all genders is like, a core part of the genre. Yes, right? it's both, not actually both different. Deployed for like shock value, um, mm-hmm. or like eroticized, like a Daughters of Darkness or like you know lesbian vampire stuff that like has shown up over the years. Yeah, or in like a like the Lost Boys interview with a vampire. Like, yes, both vampires yes. are already like, extremely already queer. Queer. Yes, both like in a both subtextual by and our yeah. communities and by mainstream works of art. So it's yes. just like. 
That's we're not, not breaking any new ground here. Yeah, and like the I don't know. Let's dig into the plot because we can sure. get, we can start talking about this as we go along. But it, I mean, it's a very simple plot, right? Laurel is going to stay in L.A. for the summer with her brother, uh, played by Nicole Maines. Yes, who she wrote a book. She was in a Supreme Court case. Should we talk about her at all? I, I, yeah, I mean, she's a fascinating person. She's not a very good actress, I will say. Like, it seems to me like she is a um, trans activist, and her activism includes acting because she sees that as a means to change minds and affect the world, which I completely agree with. I think there are a lot of actors who are like, I'm just going to go be in movies because me being in movies will be meaningful. And I think she's right about that. So in 2014, the main Supreme court ruled that she could not be banned from the female bathroom for being transgender. It was the first such ruling by a state court. Um, She wrote a book about it. She ended up. Yeah. It's a very big deal. It's great. Um, She ended up, she was on Supergirl for several years I don't know anything else she's worked on. Um, but yes, to your point, I think she's more of an activist than. And I think activism through art is like a very real thing. I think that like, I'm not bothered by it. It's just that she's not a very talented actress. No. And especially because this feels like it's trying to be a showcase for her. Yes. And she doesn't really rise it. to it. No. Anyway. Yeah. Laurel is an Oregon teenager who just graduated and she is going to drive down to LA to be with her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a, an interesting part of the um, setting up of this movie is that she doesn't seem to encounter, not that we see a lot of transphobia in her hometown. No. People are like weird about it in a really well-meaning way. Sure. Like someone comes up to her at a party. The only thing we will say, she has like, she has a best friend who's gay. This movie isn't really satirizing that though, unfortunately. This has one moment of... Right. It's just one moment where this guy is like, I think you're really brave. And she's like, haha, okay, bye. I'm leaving this party. And it's like, okay, fine. Which is again, totally fine. Yeah. But it's a weird, there's a weird moment later on where she says something like, my life's been like a horror movie anyway up to this point. And it's like, when Laurel... When was your life like a horror movie? There are some family issues that they but, allude to. Again, alluded to. I just think that like but starting this movie the way it is and wanting to kind of have it all by being like, she does not encounter transphobia. It's no, okay. And, and putting her transness sort of in the background because like yes. that's not what this journey is about. This journey isn't about her finding herself in that way or like her fighting for acceptance. No, it's very interesting. Again, it starts off. And I also was unsure what we were supposed to walk into this movie knowing because the word trans or transgender is never spoken. No. Somebody says you're really brave at a party. Her parents are very overprotective of her in a way that you're like, oh, have they read those stats on, you know, trans teens? Um, very, very much like, please call us it, when you're on the road. If you get your, if you get tired, pull over. Like, really, don't talk to anybody. Like, really, really, really overprotective. Um, there's one moment later about. There's a couple, yeah. There's a couple moments later where she sort of brings it up, but in, in the most vague, like, hey, you know me, and they're like, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's very. So I don't know if we're supposed to just go into this understanding that this actress is trans and therefore this character is, or what we're supposed to know. So there's just there's also a weird element I think going into it that like I knew that going in yeah but they never say it so there's which again it's not inherently a bad thing no I think there's a better way to execute it where it's also just totally backgrounded and this movie is just more interesting yes the the thing there you can background it but you can also say it you can say the word I think that this comes up a lot in television now with the word bisexual where there's like this urge to be like let's just characters don't have to be their sexuality it's fine but it's like if you never say it you are also 
othering it. You know what yeah. I mean? And also this movie isn't either ignore it and she's just trans and there's like nothing about it or say that that's who she is and make it part of her character because it's part of who she is living in this weird in between is like it doesn't work again because what am i supposed to think if i haven't read the synopsis the synopsis for this yeah. movie i don't know what i'm supposed to know she goes to bakersfield meets up with her brother she's gonna be there for the summer at least but she has no plans she has no job she has nothing she's no. got some money from work but like no other prospects goes out to a bar runs into a group of girl boss vampires yeah um they're going to kill her, but then the main, the main one is like, I see something in you, and she's interested. But she's got, this is her, this is Duke. She's the She is the girl bossiest of the girl boss vampires, and she has three rules about being a vampire. One is you never glamour other vampires. That's one of the vampire powers they have is glamour. Yep. Um, the second is... Kill what you eat. Kill what you eat, right. They, they, don't, they don't turn people. Because uh, in this, you, uh, you only have to feed to turn them. There isn't that whole kind of vampire lore of having to exchange blood. You just, if you bite someone, they're going to turn unless you kill them. But they don't want to create a bunch of vampires. Right. Which is valid. And the third rule is no creating male vampires. Never turn a man. Because men can't handle the power because look at what they've done with it. She has a tragic backstory about her, the man who turned her, who was like a fucking insane. (laughs) I I think that's separate. I think giving the character a... I think when we are confronted with this film's politics, it is supposed to be slogan-level feminism that it's like, yes, everyone watching this movie knows men are trash. Yes. Which, like, okay, fair enough. Like, sure. Her, her saying that, and she doesn't, she says it in a way that I think it, you buy it in the moment. You're yeah, like, you're like to, yeah, fair. I'm not fair. trying to pick this. I, it is skin deep, but, like, that's okay. Yes, Again, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for an audience of people who understand, like, uh, feminist vampire reclamate like that's a right that's not a problem and it's I'm yes, not i was gonna say it. it's not a problem at this point both out of the movie and also in the movie it's like sure don't don't really turn anyone but especially because like she also was like don't turn anyone without my permission anyway like yes. if you're gonna even make another girl into a vampire like we all need to vote on it um which is valid so it's like yeah if you're gonna be in our girl gang like it's a democracy <laughs> slash dictatorship so like blend could of one, that. Those, they could be combined into one rule like just don't turn don't turn anyone corollary uh don't use like just don't use your vampire powers yeah (laughs) anyway we can sum up the rest of the plot by saying she doesn't want to be a vampire she doesn't want to kill people she doesn't like have a no she has other gripes too she doesn't want to be 18 forever she's like this sucks yeah dangling the idea of a cure like you you have to do this before you feed once you feed then it's over for real. Then you're going to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. And she does feed. There's like vampire hunters who are hunting the girls. And that's her, like her first kill. But it's very instinctual and to kind of to protect them. So she, what, she, what she can't do is go out and do what the other, girl, other girls do, which is promising young women this shit and like kill yes. rapists and douchebags and Redditors and stuff. She, not just, not just for being on Reddit. Like, <laughs> they're like MRA. You know what I like, mean. Yeah, the, yeah. The, those kinds of male Redditors. Um... So they kill innocent people too. She says it's like 80-20. It's like, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I did think was funny. She's like, oh, so you only kill evil people. And Duke's like, well, she did try. We were going to kill you and you're not evil. So not she really. She hangs out with them. One of the girls she likes, Izzy. They have a romantic entanglement. Mm-hmm. Her not gay really best friend after. at home is sad because he wants to visit. But she's like, no, I'm like really busy here. I'm like living my life. And he's sad. He tries to kill himself. Uh... They get in a, he, she gets in a fight with her brother about it, like, 
I ran away from you. We can dig into that if you want to. I do because I think it's really it's actually one of the most interesting things about this movie. Uh, there's a final confrontation. Well, she turns her brother. Yes, she in anger. she has been starving herself from not for not eating people, and Duke keeps being like, "If you continue to do this, you'll make a big mistake. You need to like go out and kill bad people so that you don't accidentally kill a good person." And she refuses to listen. Laurel refuses to listen. So then she goes home, has this conversation with her brother, and then bites him out of malice. Goes back to the girls. There, she's like, "Give him, give him the cure. I don't, I don't want to turn him. I don't want to break the rule, but like, give him the cure and we'll be good." And Duke's like, "There is no cure." Uh, this is ever clear. This like, is yeah. It was, it was. We were just gonna kill you if you said no. So now we have to just kill him. And she's like, "No." Blah blah blah. There's this whole plot with the master, the you know the number one vampire. Who they've second, been. Yeah. Uh, well, it comes into the end of the movie. They've been keeping him prisoner essentially with his heart. It's a whole thing. He comes back to life. Blah 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 blah. End of movie. You know, it it it's all there's a whole yeah. We'll thing, talk about but... we'll talk about details of that. I just wanted to get through it because like there's not a lot of plot. Like no, this whole thing. When I was watching it, I called it the longest CW pilot of all time. Yes, because one, that's what it feels like, and two. The whole thing feels like it's setting up a TV show. Yes, that never comes. Yes, and it's just and everything so about it out. is also very CW ish. The gore is the exact amount of CW gore. The lighting, the lighting is the sets. Yeah, everything. The way that they're dressed, where like they're they're fashionable, but like five years behind yeah. fashion in a way that you're like, ah, oh, yes, this is just the CW. Can we talk about wardrobe? Laurel? She looks like shit all the time. All the time, her hair looks like a wig. I don't understand why, like, I feel bad being so critical of her, but she, like, dresses terribly. Yeah. She looks like, like a burnout. Like, she wears these weird jean shorts all the time. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. She (laughs) makes her look younger, too. Like, she looks like she dresses like a 15-year-old. Yes, absolutely. But she doesn't look 15. But even Duke, who's supposed to be so hot looks so stupid all the time. She's, well, she looks like... She's a, wearing, like, capris and vests, like, a lot. She dresses in all white, and she has, like... A, or in red. The She'll side show. of her hair is braided in, like, a... Cornrow sort of looking thing. Way, but only on the side. And then, so the top is really, like, a bouffant. It was a very in at one time. Sure, but Izzy goes to the club years wearing the, the, the denim overalls and the long sleeve shirt. At least that <laughs> speaks to Izzy's fucking boredom of this whole situation. She's like, I'm just going to go in my in my cozy clothes to the club. None of them really have personalities. This is this is the real problem is, again, like I said. If Duke, we, is, Duke is like a I, ice like I enjoy CW shows. I've watched Supernatural, the television show, for many, many years. Like, you can't, you can't find someone who likes the CW more than me. But to do this sort of thing, to pull this off, you have to make likable characters. And if this were a pilot, I'd give them like the biggest break because I'd be like, well, it's a pilot. They're just trying to sell you on the idea. And then they'll really build these characters up over the next like season. But no, this is a film. This is supposed to stand alone. And it's unbelievable how little personality any of them have, even Laurel, who is the main character. This is actually why I wanted to get into the brother thing for a second, because we talk about it. The thing that is true, there is a, a slight, tiny little current that runs through the movie that Laurel is, like, not being responsible with her time and her past life, right? Before she became a vampire. Yeah. She's supposed to be calling her mom a lot, and her mom is trying to talk to her and be like, what's up? Are you, like, into drugs? Like, tell me what's going on. Like, I want, I, you can tell me whatever. I will be supportive of you. I'm not going to drag you home, but, like, talk to me. 
And then she'll come home just like crash on the couch and her brother will be like, mom's calling for you. Your friend's calling for you. You promised him that you were going to like not just drop him the second you left Oregon and you've done exactly that. Like, can you tell me what's going on? Can you talk to me? Can you text me and tell me that you're not going to come home? Like anything. Yeah. So when she finally comes home and she looks like shit and they have this final confrontation because her brother is like, you literally ignored 27 of your friend's texts and he is now in the hospital uh, with an overdose. So like get with the fucking picture, man. And she starts yelling at him and then he starts really unloading a lot of drama onto her that like when she was coming out, he was the only one in her corner. And now, now their parents are really supportive and they're all really happy together, but he doesn't get any like credit for being the one who's stuck by her now that everyone like totally accepts her, which I think is actually an interesting concept. And he talks about how she's just so unbelievably selfish that she's like, she never, she has not once asked him about himself that she's been, that he's been here. He moved to LA to be an actor and she does, they don't talk about him ever. And she doesn't care about anyone but herself. And I think that like, this is the first time I sort of sat up and like looked at this movie because I do think that that is true. It's just not true in a way that it feels like anybody did on purpose. Right. Like it feels like somebody snuck this monologue into the end of the movie being like, whoa, Laurel has actually been sort of terrible this whole time. Should somebody call her out? Especially because it's like she clearly cares so much about people in the abstract that she refuses to kill even murderers. But she doesn't give a shit about her family or her brother or her best friend at all. And she's not busy. Like, it'd be one thing if she was actually busy. But all we ever see her do is, like, hang around and then look at her phone, see she has texts, and ignore them. So, like, I don't feel bad for her at all. So when her brother is, like, screaming at her about this, I'm like, whoa, finally. Like, this just got interesting. And then the movie's over, like, 15 minutes later. Well, that's the problem is that I personally, this is a personal nitpick, I find the recently turned, I mean, honestly, like, recently turned vampire doesn't want to be a vampire or, like, recently joined whatever doesn't want to participate reluctant yes. thing so boring the fact that she's doing that and she like i don't know she like hangs out in arcade and like has sex with her girlfriend like she has the most boring life ever she has it's no so feelings. boring she's not interested in like she just is like hanging out she's not even like wrestling with it no really. she just, just doesn't chilling. really do it and there's just a point where it's like she's clearly starting to fade a little bit and they're like can you please drink blood and she's like no it's so but she's not busy that's the thing like if she had to go on like vampire raids every night and her phone was getting smashed like there's okay, a million give her a things day job that she has to like well, manage yeah in this movie vampires don't have any weaknesses other than being set on fire and even then you can only kill them if you get the heart they like yeah, so they're very they're, you, she said sunlight will make you sick but my point is just like show her doing anything else yeah other than hanging out with her coven which like, is why like why i completely buy it that it's like she's so unbelievably fucking selfish yeah and then the end of the movie is not about wrestling with that in any way. It's that Duke is the problem because Duke all this time has been glamoring the other she, vampires. Girl boss, gatekeep. Gaslight. Gaslight. She did all of it. Um, and then they bring the mask. And then she also locked the her old friend in a uh, hole. hole for however long because she tried to turn a man. She fell in love and tried to turn him. Um so she's just like not doing not doing the job right. So they kill her. She dies, right? Yes. Doesn't the master kill her? Yes. Okay. Can we talk about her story? Yes. So one, this movie has too many needle drops in like a lazy way. Like none of it's stuff yes. that I 
for the most part, none of it's stuff that you've heard, but like they're at a party and it's like, I want to get fucked up. I got to <laughs> drink a cup of you or like, so like, yes. And like, all the songs, all the songs weirdly fit the scenario. They like feel too like well. stock music. Yeah. With one exception. So Duke was a teen who was on a farm and she ran away to New York city in the seventies. The seventies. It yeah. was miserable. She was homeless. And then she met the man and the sound cue is, uh, Boney M's, Rasputin, yes, the disco song, yes, that then plays over a montage of her getting sucked into the disco culture with this vampire man because he glamours her. He is the most regular ass looking dude. Oh yeah, he's he doesn't not hot. look like an ancient European uh, like vampire. There's no like weird mystery to him that there should be. Like he could be repulsive. No, and he also doesn't sexy. look like like Rasputin, right? Like he, he just could. looks like he literally looks like uh like thug number three in like some bodyguard action movie that it's like he gets to do two moves and then he's off screen yes like he's so generic and he's supposed to be entrancing all of these women and having these glamour he's glamouring them okay but like make him more interesting looking i agree i think that there's there's okay make him like repulsive yes i think there's the thing like i understand that there's some sort of like oh he's just a guy but he's got this really powerful vampire glamour because he's like an old 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 vampire who's been honing these skills but like then yeah, totally make him disgusting and crazy instead of just looking like a man. Yeah. So they defeat the master. They or Duke locks his heart in a box and has been eating it over time. Yeah. You, if you eat a little bit of it, you can like absorb some of his power. She's like, I can't eat the whole thing because I'll go fucking crazy with yeah. and, and his, mad with his power. Voice in my head yeah. too. So the scheme of the end of how they defeat the real villain Duke is that Laurel cuts her throat to give the first bride who's locked up in the box mm-hmm. power to break out and then she feeds the heart her own blood which causes the master to, to come back which is a lot of that's a lot of skipping stone magically like it's very much just like buy it buy buy into it believe it let's just let's move on sure that can happen i just it's insane and yeah. then like the end of the movie is that they okay so Laurel wants to share vampire power with the world. She thinks the whole world should be vampires because then, quote, everyone would have to deal with each other's shit. Yeah, I don't, what, what, I don't understand what this meant. Something about equality, right? Where it's like, if everybody has vampire powers, then it's like nobody has them. Yeah, so she starts sharing the the master heart with everyone. With her, her vampire gal pals first. Yeah, but she wants to turn everyone to vampires. That is kind of what she was suggesting, yes. Which is insane. It's really dumb. It's really a very dumb, bad ending. It's very stupid. Also, we should talk about there's a voiceover as the credits play that's like, well, that was fun. I hope they make more of them. And I promise I won't get pregnant in the fourth one. Literally, I, this movie, that is like when it plummeted for me. I was like, all right, fine. And then they did that. And I was like, oh my God, don't do like a fourth wall break Twilight joke voiceover. That's just cringe. Bad. No. It's very bad. It's really so bad. And I just think it kind of it kind of wanted to have it all, yeah. In terms of being both girl boss, queer, vampirey, and also like it's bad to be a girl boss, queer vampire. Yeah. Like, why not lean one way or the other? You know, why not be like, yeah, they're gonna kill men indiscriminately. It is the promising young woman problem. Which, yes. Again, we have promised we won't get into on this podcast. No, really, but, but like, it, is it is that problem. And it's especially that problem because, again, where does this movie stand on 
on what it means to be trans. Like, it, has no, it has no opinion. It has no opinion because, again, they never say it. There's this one moment where I mean, it is, Duke is... It is saying trans women are women, but, like, that's the end it, of, we, period, end one, of thought about... it's not because, again, they're, not, they're still not saying it. It's just the only thing that happens is that... Uh, when they're taught, when Duke is running through her grandmaster plan of kill all men, and she's really saying like, men are disgusting, they're terrible, they're awful. And uh, Laurel's like, well, what about me? And Duke's like, honestly, it never crossed my mind. And it's like, okay, wow, so progressive, very nice, good job. But like, but no- But is the implication there that Duke clocked her? And then like, I like get, what the fuck? Again, I don't know. I like that. Again, if you, you wouldn't know- if this movie wasn't like trying to not say it, but like, I think if wink, I walked wink, nudge, into this you. knowing absolutely nothing, I would have no idea. Yeah. I would have no clue. It's really strange. To right. Me. Cause then you just think that like, she's going through some other shit in her childhood. Yeah. yeah. Well the, he does. Her brother does say that she tried to kill herself. Yeah. So it's like, Oh no, she's just a moody teen. Like she's just kind of, and like there's something in the beginning, like honestly it could, you could be like, Oh, she's just a lesbian. Sure. Because like she is a lesbian or she's at least bi. She likes women. And the guy talking to her and being like, you're so brave. Like that could be about anything. Uh, It doesn't have to be about being trans. And so there's just a lot of weird like. I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to suggest that this movie like needs transphobia. I understand that it's trying to not do that. Uh, But in not discussing it, it's othering it like i said yeah and also like when someone says kill all the men and they're like but not trans women because trans women are women fine it's like but that's you're Nobody still yeah. you're, and also you're still creating the binary you're still yeah. relying on gender so what all trans men need to die like yeah. it like it i this is like currently a big topic i feel like people are discussing a lot of like gender and uh, we won't be discussing on this podcast no but like it's a, but it's a it's a topic that i Save feel like you from getting into hot has water been there. dug into and i feel like a, a lot of the consensus is like just don't do stuff like this because no, the second lazy. you start to lean into yeah. any kind of an obsession with binary gender yeah. you're going to you're going to get yourself in hot water with in a way that you're not even anticipating right and it, and, so, and then so like why do it literally yeah. why Especially because, like, they could still do their... Also, it's just, I mean, again, like, Duke's whole thing is that men can't handle power and she can't handle power. That's, like, literally the end of the movie is that she said that, but neither can she. So, like, but that wasn't really commented on enough to be, like, discussed. Like, why aren't they going after, like, terrible white women who do awful evil things? Like what what, um laurel's equalizing thing at the end is is like we're gonna do what people with power never do which is share it and it's like that doesn't solve any other problem of why people and in this movie like men are bad like that doesn't that doesn't you're just making the vampires they're gonna kill you they're like these men are gonna oppress you still Yes, like, if, every, if everyone's a vampire, then the then the man vampires are just gonna oppress the women vampires. Like, what are you fucking talking about? It doesn't make any sense. It is the most again skin deep slogan feminism, humanly possible. And I would have the slightest bit more respect for it if it did anything with being trans, because that opens up feminism in at least a slightly more you know interesting way. And yet, again, they never even say it. They never even discuss it. There's just, I, I really wonder what we're supposed to think about this movie having not read the logline. No, no. Like, 
MC Ganey's in it. He's a beloved character actor. He plays a, a vampire hunter. Um, I know him from Lost. He's Mr. Friendly, but he was in Con Air. He's in all kinds of stuff. I think this has some other recognizable people. Both her parents are recognizable to me. I did not recognize them. Uh... The master quotes Chinatown at one point. Don't really understand that one. Oh, yeah. He has a line about, like, people don't know, like, wouldn't know what they're There's capable of. There's something really lazy about a character in a movie being like, what did that other character movie in that say? movie say? It's like, uh, you don't want to write your own fucking dialogue, man? Like, <laughs> You just want us to know that you've seen Chinatown? That's so weird. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, my God. I think there's also, like, again, I don't want to, I, I don't want to speculate on this director and his identity. Sure. Or, like... It doesn't Why, really matter. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter, but... The movie would be bad if it was made by correct. everyone who, However, who checked However, it does kind of have the feeling of someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. But he did the research. That's... that's I don't think... Anyway. I think it has the feeling of someone who did the research and, like... But that's what I mean. Read about trans Did the research as know, in yeah. doesn't have the experience themselves. Has I get. no lived experience there of is. It is possible to or, make a great trans movie while being cis. I think that's genuinely true. But I also think when a bad trans movie is made by a cis person, I'm like, well, are you surprised? Because you're t- you're talking out of your ass about something that you don't know about and you don't have the experience to like back up what you're saying. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think this movie's badness doesn't... I think this movie would be bad even if the transness yes. was removed from it. The fact that it fumbles what is trying to be a message movie or at least skirting the idea of being a message movie, I think is Well, and she's problem. the main character. It's not well-written regardless. If this was like not... about a group of girl boss vampires and one of them was trans and they didn't really dig into it a lot... That'd be better. I mean, that's what Assassination Nation is. <laughs> that's like kind of what that... They're not vampires. No, but they are like a girl gang and so it's like it's split between Watch different characters. That's a fucking great movie. I'm just going to say that. Um... But that's kind of what I mean is that this is your main character and everybody else are side characters and and she's uninteresting and none of the side characters are interesting. Duke is interesting for like one second and I like that her name is Duke. But I sort of wish this was just about her in the 70s. Like when they were doing that stuff, I was I like, I'd rather just be watching this movie. Or a TV show where that was an episode. And yeah. That would be the only good episode or something. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be that, that, that everyone would be like, oh my God, watch season one, episode seven of... No, Bit. this is not, <laughs> not good. No. Are you ready to uh, throw this down a hole for 10 years and just leave it there? Sure. <laughs> of all the things in this movie. How about you pull up that roulette and we'll find our next lesbian trans vampire film. There's got to be a better one out there. Our next movie will be Saturday the 14th. <laughs> I've never heard of this. It's on Shudder. Is it a horror movie? It looks like it's horror comedy. We've done Friday the 13th. The poster looks hysterical. I think it will be, I think it's funny. Like this movie should have been. It's from 1981. That seems like it could be a a blast from the past. Yeah. 1981 and it's already making a Friday the 13th joke. That's, That's impressive. Yeah, I agree. I think this should be, this could be fun. And I love that it's on Shudder. We love Shudder. Not sponsored by Shudder. <laughs> Friday, no. Saturday. Saturday, the 14th. The 14th <laughs> will be our next film. And until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Be sure to leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice. And tell your friends about the podcast so that they can hear us be underwhelmed by yeah. Amazon movies. All of these movies, every single movie. <laughs> Not every movie. We found some great stuff. Yeah, we have.
Thanks, as always, to Wes Craven and to the late great Anne Rice, who died in December, <laughs> who created the legacy of homoerotic vampires that extends to this day. She did, although she was not pro fan fiction. So, <laughs> does that do anything? I don't, you know, it does for me. You got a problem with Anne Rice? Only a little. Wow. I appreciate the queerness of her vampires. I'll say that. I have no idea how her legacy, the rest of her politics are. Her legacy lives on forever. For but she sure. has some gay ass vampires. She does. I hope that she's not a turf. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know either. I will not be, <laughs> I will not be looking, looking this up. <laughs> All right. Until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.